Yes, it is that time once again. Time for another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gommerson. Hello, Adam. It's good to be with you. And today we're going to have one of our uh, more serious podcasts. Um, you know, we like to have fun here. We do movie reviews. We do uh, we do profiles of master arts plays, all kinds of different fun stuff. But today, um, I was actually asked a few months ago, or maybe a couple months ago, by a friend, if I would address the issue of grief and how to deal with it. And I don't know exactly why, but I've kind of put it off until now. But here we are. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, grief in the Christian life. And I've titled this podcast simply Grieving with Hope. Um, because I think sometimes we get this idea that we're not allowed to grieve mm. if we're Christians. Or that, especially if the person that passed away is a Christian, we should be rejoicing. Um, matter of fact, and I'll just share this little tidbit and then we'll go to the quote of the day. Um, which is... Uh, and that little tidbit is this, that uh, when I, when my brother passed away, um, when I was 13 and he was three months old, um, a friend of ours from our church came to the funeral home and said, are you still rejoicing? And I know that he was well-meaning, but that rubbed me the wrong way, and I've never forgotten it, because... That is not what we needed to hear at that point. Matter of fact, that's the last thing that we needed to hear. So as I've gone through my life from that point on, my biggest goal when I go to a funeral home to grieve with the family of whoever has passed away is to just be there for them. To just cry with them. Maybe not even necessarily say anything. Matter of fact, I remember a couple of years ago, a friend of mine passed away. And my dad specifically said this. He walked up to the parents, I believe it was, of the, of the girl that passed away and said, there's nothing I can say to you. So I'm just going to cry with you. And that's what he did. And... That's really uh, what we need to do. And we, we will see as we go through this podcast that Jesus gave, gave us that example. But I don't want to get too far ahead of us. Let's just go to Adam right now for the quote of the day, and then we'll get back into our conversation. And this comes from God's word here, First Thessalonians 4.13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them, which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. All right, so uh, this this verse that I chose um, is a section of Scripture that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians because they were wondering, you know, we know that we're looking for the return of Jesus Christ, but if Jesus doesn't come back before our loved ones pass away, what happens to them? And so Paul is addressing this, so he starts out his section with this verse, and he says, I don't want you to be ignorant about what's going to happen. Because um, he doesn't want us to sorrow as those who have no hope. 
But the first main point that I want to bring out about grief is kind of something I've already summarized a little bit, and it's this. We are to mourn with those who mourn. Uh, Romans 12.15 says, we should, it says, rejoice with those that do rejoice and weep with those who weep. So in order to be uh, good and proper friends to those around us, we need to be happy for them when happy things happen, and we need to weep with them when sad things happen. Um, in my experience in dealing with grief, both with my brother passing away and when my mom had her miscarriages, at least the last two that I was vividly aware of, one of the things I needed most was to find people to grieve with. I can remember, especially the last one, um, writing letters to a bunch of my friends on my email list and just relishing their responses because I needed communication. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm a social person anyway, so even when I'm happy, um, I need communication. I need to know that people care. And Adam knows this because there have been times when I've called him and been down about something and just needed to talk to him even if he didn't have any answers. And and I think that's an important thing to mention, too, is that it's not about us having answers necessarily. It's just about us being available to others. And since I appreciate when others are available to me, I try to extend the same courtesy to others. And then uh, we should pray about how to help um, those who are grieving. Again, it's not necessarily this idea that we go in and try to fix everything, but if we will uh, seek God and ask for his wisdom, he can show us what to do in the particular situation. And some general guidelines are found in 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 18, where it says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his vows of compassion for him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And so again, we need to use God's wisdom to show us exactly how he would have us to minister to these people. Um... Because it can be very easy to say something well-meaning but wrong, like in the example I shared earlier. So we need to be wise. We also need to take action. Um, you know, it's it's, if we, it's not enough to say, be warm, be filled. Uh, maybe we need to bring a meal. Maybe we need to help to pay a bill if we're in the position to be able to do that, especially for like a widow or something. Uh, maybe if we have expertise in in dealing with finances and there's nobody to do that, we need to help them uh, get a handle on their finances. That's more, a little bit more in depth, but just, just for some ideas on how to help people with grief and, and what they're dealing with. Um, and we can't, we can't ignore this um, because, you know, when I most needed encouragement, most needed help, uh, people were there to help me and really pulled me out of some dark times, most notably my mother, who helped me in my lowest point.
point when I was very close to, I don't necessarily think I would have committed suicide uh, because I wasn't able to, but I'm glad that I wasn't able to find out mm. whether I would have. Because when I, when I lost my brother, I was at a very low place, but my mom, along with others, helped to pull me out. So we, we have to be sensitive to that because it's a very real thing. And then when uh, this friend of mine passed away a couple of years ago, and I've actually lost three friends in their 20s and 30s in the last about two years, two or three years. And it's, it's so surreal because you realize that we're not promised tomorrow. We don't, we're not promised 70 or 80 years of life. We're only promised the day that we're in. And I know that I really... Um, especially after the first one had passed away, uh, really stepped up my desire to continue to live for God and to do things uh, for him and, and to speak for him on an even more passionate basis and to really infuse things like this podcast with some very real and important topics that could help people in their Christian life. Um, we have a couple more points to cover, but before we do, Adam... Do you have any thoughts on what has already we've already discussed? It's so good because a uh, grief is going to happen. You know, we can try and you know be happy all the time or be like this is bothering me, but grief is going to happen inside. And I've always heard that the hardest thing sometimes about grief is not even the grief, but when you go through it alone, when you're trying to grieve or process it by yourself. So having that support from people that that cry with you, that mourn with you, that just would be like when Jesus asked the disciples, will, will you stay awake with me? It makes a huge difference. And that, it's really a good good thing that you brought that up because that even though Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen to him that night, that really shows the human side of him mm -hmm. because he needed that fellowship, needed that support, even though he knew what the ultimate reality was that he had to go through with it. He still, from a human perspective wanted these people to get it. He wanted them to be with him, to be present with him, not just physically, uh, because obviously they were present with him physically, but to be present with him emotionally and not to be asleep uh, uh, off to the side. And of course, they were asleep, and he eventually forgave them. And, you know, and after he rose from the dead, then they became great leaders in the church. But the point being, for that moment in time, He's like, I really needed you guys. Where were you? And I think that we can learn from that. Because if the Son of God, the perfect Son of God, needed support at his hour of greatest need, who are we to say that we can do things by ourselves? So I really appreciate that, Adam. Um, another important thing is our personal grief can prepare us to minister to others. And... Uh, one story that pops into my mind about this is, uh, I believe it was Trent Dilfer, who was at the time a quarterback with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and his coach at the time was Tony Dungy. And uh, Trent Dilfer lost his son. He passed away. I, I think he was ill. And he passed away at a very young age, and, and it was devastating. And Tony Dungy said, um, I don't know how I would deal with what you're dealing with and and Trent told him at the time by God's grace because they were both believers said by God's grace if you ever have to face it 
you will have the grace to face it. Fast forward a few more years and Tony Dungy's teenage son James uh, committed suicide, I believe in 2011 or 2012. And Tony Dungy just remembered that story and said, you know what, I do have the grace to face it. It's awful. It's an awful reality, but I have the grace to face it. And because of that situation, uh, he was able to support so many others. And he was able to help to save others from the brink of suicide because he was honest about what happened in his own family. You know, he could have tried to keep it as private as possible, but he didn't. He actually made it part of his crusade, if you will, part of his message is my son committed suicide. You don't have to because there's hope. So and in my own life, I just know that whenever somebody that I know or hear of loses a sibling or loses another loved one, I can say I've been there because I've lost my brother. And so I have that uh, part of myself that I can give to others. And uh, the verse that we have for that is 1 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. And it says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And so because I know what God brought me through, um, the journey that I went through dealing with the, the loss of my brother and, and when I've lost these friends recently, and I know what pain it's been, but I also know the deliverance that God has given and the fact that he he never has loved me. He's been with me through every step and he can be with you if you're struggling with grief. And uh, I know what that feels like. A lot of times people say, I know how you feel. You know, it's kind of something we throw out there. Yeah. Whether we do or not. But when we really do, that's when we can really impact people positively and help them to get to have hope in the midst of their struggles. Um, and then also, uh, remember that Jesus wept, um, on John eleven thirty three to 35 or John 11, we have the story of Lazarus who was a friend of Jesus. Um, and Mary and Martha were friends of Jesus and we have indications in the scriptures that they were close friends. So of course, Jesus loves everyone and he, um, wants us all to draw close to him, but it sounds like even on an earthly level, Jesus was very close friends with with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. As a matter of fact, it's said when Jesus is alerted to Lazarus being sick, it says, Jesus, it says they told Jesus, Lazarus, whom you love, is sick. And so that statement shows that there was a close relationship there. And Jesus, because he had a greater plan than we could see, stays in the town where he was until Lazarus dies. And then he tells his disciples, Lazarus sleeps, let's go so that we may wake him. And they thought, well, if he's sleeping, he'll get better. And then Jesus said, he's dead. That's what I meant by he's sleeping. And so 
this uh, passage where Jesus wept just comes out of that after he comes to them and they tell him, well, if both Mary and Martha tell him, well, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. They both have the same refrain. And then it brings us to this passage in John eleven thirty three to 35, which says, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. So um, Jesus was identifying with their sorrow. He, again, even though he knew the answer, even though he knew the end from the beginning, kind of like the example we talked about earlier. Um, Jesus is showing us by example that it's not bad to grieve even when you know the outcome. But the difference is grieving with no hope and grieving with hope. Uh, we still um, miss those who go on before us. Often we, often we say that we, we grieve for them, but actually what we're doing is we're grieving for us, especially if it's a believer that passes on. Because in reality, would we really want them to come back to this earth, this broken, corrupted earth, um, where there's sin and selfishness and all kinds of evil things going on for us on a day-by-day basis, we really wouldn't want them to come back because the best place to be is in perfection in heaven. So when we're grieving, we're actually grieving for ourselves and what we lose when we lose our loved ones. And there's nothing wrong with being honest with our emotions but also realizing that we have hope because we will see them again. And uh, Jesus also said in that John chapter 11 passage, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And what, what hope that is for us in the midst of our grief. All right. And then uh, remember that Jesus defeated death. This is probably... Um, one of the most exciting factors uh, for, the, for the believer, actually for everyone, but especially for the believer, death um, is temporary. Um, the Bible indicates that we will rise again at the end of um, time when Jesus comes to set things right. Uh, and this is um, the promise that Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and Adam, if you could read that for us, I would really appreciate it. Absolutely. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so we see that um, although physical death still occurs... Um, like I said, uh, Christ is risen. And so we have the hope of, of, of rising again, um, and having eternal life, uh, because of what he accomplished on the cross. And the fact that he rose again from the dead means that we will also rise, um, because we will follow in his example. And then not only did Jesus die to defeat death, but he also is coming again. 
And that um, is also something that fills us with great hope. And we have some additional verses from First Thessalonians 4 uh, that talk about that. Adam? It's First Thessalonians 4, verses 14 through 18. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Adam, do you have any th- uh, thoughts on these last couple points that we've been discussing? The only sentence that comes to mind is the best is yet to come. And that really is true. I mean, we, we sometimes uh, get caught up on what is happening here on the earth. Um, but the Bible says in another passage, um, I have not seen nor hath ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man which the, what the Lord has prepared for them that love him. And so for us to keep that in mind is so very important. And then also to remember the brevity of life. You know, we don't know how long we have to make a decision for Christ. And so my encouragement to you is, are you ready to die? The Bible says that it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment, Hebrews 9, 27. So are you ready to die and meet your maker? Um, if, if he were to come back today, would you be ready for him to come back? Uh, there's only one way to prepare for either one of these eventualities um and that is to have a personal relationship with jesus christ and to make him the lord of your life by confessing your sins asking him to make a new life for you and to give him control because when we take control of our lives it ends in disaster but when he does he can make something beautiful even out of the most broken among us um i hope that this uh podcast has been an encouragement to you if you're grieving, uh, that you would realize that we have hope because Christ is risen from the dead and he is coming again to set things right. I um, I hope that if you do like this show that you will um, give us some feedback, send us an email, or uh, give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Let us know what you like, what you didn't like. And most of all, if you have found this helpful, Please uh, pass this on to your friends. And if your friends don't have access to a computer, feel free to make copies of this on CD and pass them along so that they too can find out what it means to grieve with hope. First, um, with that being said, I will just say have a great week and I will talk to you next Friday. But until then, keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. 
You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.